I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How are you doing? Good morning. And you're very welcome to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Here in the studio. We're back live. Yay. Live and annoying So we are. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Happy days. Listen, guys, thank you so much. Wayne was telling us about the texts that people sent in um, when the two of us were at home uh, ill with and then recovering from the COVID. Um, and so we still managed to do the Arts Show, which is, you know, just so such an amazing feat of technology, isn't it? Okay. Like remote learning and remote working and remote all sorts of things <laughs> kind of happened. Um, and it just fell that we were well enough to do it and it gave us something happy to think about right. whilst the two of us were at home dosing with the Lemsip and paracetamol and, <laughs> and Netflix <laughs> Netflix <laughs> so listen big hugs to anyone who's going through it this should look at this stage as they say who hasn't had it um, but we are thrilled to be back live in studio with you so we can see all your texts and your whatsapps this morning so delighted to have that in fact delighted to be back because we have live guests in studio later on as well this morning we're going to have some of the cast members of the Everyman Sunday Songbook with us live in studio because today is a really, really special day. I mean, talk about centenaries and thinking in terms of 100 years. Uh, tonight, we're all going to be filling in the census and we're going to be filling in the time capsule for all our descendants to read in 100 years time. And today we're looking back on 100 years and the 100th birthday of one of the biggest movie stars of the golden era of Hollywood, Doris Day. Today's her birthday. She is, of course, no longer with us, but she almost made it. She almost made it to the 100. And we'll be chatting about that later on because of a very very special celebration concert in coming up in the Everment Theatre before too long. I'm sure that's nothing. I'm looking back, way back to the medieval times in Ireland when <laughs> Vikings and Danes roamed around Ireland and they were very cultural, very nice. They weren't these guys with horns sticking out of their helmets at all. So to find out more about what kind of influence 
Danish and Viking art had on Ireland, the Cork Fine Arts and Decorative Society are getting together on a Saturday morning next to do a presentation. So I talked to Tom Spaulding about that monthly presentation that they do and we featured here on the show when we can. So there's that and more. So it's not just entertainment, a bit of education thrown in. I well. have to say, coming in in the car, we were actually just noticing amongst the two of ourselves this morning there's actually four festivals on in Cork this week. That's right. Four yeah. festivals. We'll be telling you all about them right the way through the programme. But speaking of, I suppose, landmarks and milestones, mm. um, one of the loveliest things and sort of heartwarming and poignant things was to see the entire um, cast and crew, if you like, of the RTE Concert Orchestra mm. giving a guard of honour yeah. to Principal Oboist David Agnew as he retired and played his last concert in the National Concert Hall with them recently. A huge, huge round of applause for him on stage at the concert and of course then when they came out backstage all of the violin players had their bows up overhead like a, a guard of honour. <laughs> Instead of hurleys they were rosin and bows and all that kind of crack and the flutes had all theirs up and the wind instruments had all theirs up and he he came out underneath the most heartwarming oh. guard of honour from all his friends. So I'm going to start off playing a piece from him this morning, from one of his albums. This is called uh, Heart's Quest from his album Into the Mist. And wishing David Agnew the happiest and most mischievous, mischievous of retirements. <laughs>
I really love that, you know, have a gorgeous collection of sort of troops at Daisy now. Hold out your horses. <laughs> oh, I know why that track jumped in. That is the track I have lined up for after nine o'clock. My apologies. This is a kind of computer glitch here. It's more than one virus going around by the look of it. Um, one of the things I love is kind of big, blousy orchestral versions of um, movie hits or various other songs. Love that one. That is, of course, Elton John's Can You Feel the Love Tonight, taken from The Lion King. A fantastic score. Um, and you know, like, obviously last Sunday when we were here on air, we were chatting about movies and chatting about the Oscars in advance of them all happening. Yeah. And uh, it's such a pity that the whole talk all week has been yeah. dominated Overshadowed by, by one event, one event yeah. that yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Whereas for me, I have to say, one of the highlights of the night mm. and one of the things that just brought a lump to my throat Celebrating was, a lifetime, yeah. Yeah, when Lady Gaga walked out with Liza yeah. Minnelli. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, on social media, subsequently, um, it's a generational thing. <laughs> it, it just is a generational thing. There are those of us who know, yes, of course, Liza Minnelli, Judy Garland. On TikTok, there was a, a whole group of younger we'll say, users, <laughs> whose minds were blown that Lady Gaga was coming out with Dorothy's daughter from The Wizard of Oz. And that was where they were kind of gone off about, what, woo, what? And they hadn't heard of her. And the funny thing is, you know, for such a famous person in her own right, for the incredible movie career, musical career and music career, not mm. just musicals, but music career that Liza Minnelli had. And for the influence she was on so many people, um, the style icon she was, to come and make all of that in her own right and step out from the shadow of two incredibly dominant parents in their own fields was just a phenomenal achievement. She was born with showbiz yeah. in every fibre and strand of her DNA. And yet... <laughs> she had to spell her name. <laughs> so, you know, rather than playing perhaps something from Cabaret or whatever like that this morning, because I know there's all of those, mine hair and all of those ones, and yeah. she's just fantastic at that. I have to say, this is just a fun one. It's a live recording of It's Liza with a Z. I have a problem. Now, it's not a big problem, but it is a problem. It's my name. You know, I find that still a lot of people call me Lisa. Wrong! My name is Liza. Liza. Has a Z in it. Well, for instance, somebody will come up to me on the street and say, Hello, Lisa, how are you? Same, fine, thank you, but it's Liza. Or somebody will say, Lisa, what a nice hat you have on. I'll say, thank you very much, but my name is Liza. And that's my hair. <laughs> so you can see what I mean. Anyway, I've been trying to figure out a final solution to this whole thing, and I think I've come up with the answer. Jack? It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snods. It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be, see Liza. I do it again. It's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snods. It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee. It's simple as can be, see Liza. Now, if my name were Ada, I'd be Ada. Even backwards, I'd be Ada. Or if my name were Ruth, then I'd be Ruth. Because with Ruth, what can you do? Or Sally, or Margaret, or Ginger, or Faye. But when you're Eliza, you always have to 
just say no, it's Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snuzz. It's Z instead of S, line instead of B. It's simple as can be. See, Liza. Oh, and that is only half of it. There's another way they treat me cruelly. How often I remember someone saying, there she goes, Lisa Minuli. Or Minoli, or Miniola, or Minoli, or Minoli. So is it a wonder? I very often cry. It's M I double N, then E double L I. You double up the N, that's not new. Then E double E L, end it with an I. That's why you say Minelli. Liza Minelli. It's Italian. Blame it on Papa. What can I do? Every Sandra, who's a Sandra? Every Mary, who's really Marie? Every Joan, who is a Joanne? Has got to agree with me when I've announced I don't mind being pummeled or trampled or trounced But it does drive you bats to be mis- mispronounced It's Liza with Z, not Lisa with an S Cause Lisa with an S goes snuzz It's Z instead of S, Lie instead of Lee It's simple as can be Z, Liza Then M I double N, then E double L I You double up the N, that's not new Then E double the L, end it with an I That's why you say Minnelli Liza Minnelli It's easy It's easy See, it's lazy No! Liza! Oh, just pure joy Pure joy And you know what? I can't kind of relate I mean Yes, Elmarie Elmarie Ma <laughs> That's Emmy yeah. Yeah. And off we go Yeah, yeah Wow. 
never fails to get me you know it doesn't matter how often you hear it sung or who sings it and I have a beautiful recording of um, Michelle Fitzgerald from Cork singing that one um, that she sang for us here in studio one time it's it's just an exquisite exquisite piece that is the voice there of Mama as she called her Judy Garland Um, obviously never spoke to Liza Minnelli I didn't speak to Judy Garland we did have Lorna Luft Judy Garland's That's other right. daughter uh, on, on the programme, which was lovely when she was in Cork one time. So really, really beautiful, beautiful pairings there. And you know, one of the other things that really I loved the night of the Oscars was how deferential and respectful and caring and, um, you know, supportive, supportive <sighs> Lady Gaga was. Yeah. You know, Lady Gaga is famed for her style, her out there. She makes a statement. She came on dressed in black making Liza Minnelli the focus mm. and making sure Liza was the focus. I just thought it was class, yeah. just a class. I want to say hi to some of those of you who are texting and WhatsApping this morning. It's lovely to hear from you all. Uh, Michael has been asking for more um, music from Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> yes, Michael, I can see the, the movie connections there. All right, so we'll see what we can do about that. I'm not sure I actually have it, but I might be able to root it out somewhere. Good morning to David. David says, hi, Elmarie and Connor. The gramophone circle is on in Holly Hill Library next Thursday morning. That's the 7th of April at 11 o'clock. And it'll be presented by Maureen Murphy. And all are welcome. And we also had a lovely message in from... Uh, Claire McLaughlin, you know, she's the artist who organises the seen, unseen art visits and virtual tours. And she said, would you please play a request this morning for Carmen Miller, who won gold at the IFE Exhibility Cooking Awards in Belfast during the week. And Carmen is a collaborator and was representing Seen Unseen. So everyone involved in the project is very proud of her. So congratulations. And we'll play something um, cooking related. I'll do my best. Now, I'm, I'm literally going to try and get one event for the Cork Lifelong Dude. Learning Festival out before the news at half eight, and we'll continue that throughout the programme. But it gets underway tomorrow, runs until April the 10th, with 33 events tomorrow alone. Like, f- <laughs> for instance, every day at three o'clock, there's a free guided walking tour of UCC. Just turn up at the visitor centre and then wait with everyone else. UCC is also hosting talks, uh, like one for parents, teachers and coaches on harnessing the power of the adolescent mind. That's on Tuesday evening and tonight we're all filling in the time capsule on the census for our descendants to read in 100 years time well on Wednesday the Centre Library on the Grand Parade is hosting a talk about life for women 100 years ago simply called Manaw 100 I love it I love it in fact yes 33 events alone tomorrow for the Cork Lifelong Learning Festival there's so much on all week we're going to be dipping in and out of the programme as we go along this morning back after these the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103 
Thanks so much, Katie. That's Katie over there in the newsroom. Now then, connor has been taking a look at what's making the front pages of the newspapers this morning. Well, I've been playing a little game this morning, comparing the front pages of the various newspapers. Like, for instance, what does the Irish Mail on Sunday have in common with the Sunday Times? Well, it's the same story covered both by photographs of emotional an emotional Charlie Bird oh, conquering God. the reek and inspiring a nation, according to the Irish Mail on Sunday. And according to the Sunday Times, stricken Charlie writes his own remarkable story with exhausting trek up Croke Patrick and that's the main picture story on the front page of both of those papers. I don't think anybody was left or could have been left without a lump in your throat and tears running down your face to see him making the summit, the cheers all around him and then to hear the pipe band (laughs) playing um, it was just such an emotional emotional thing to watch, incredible over a million euro raised all around the world Phenomenal, phenomenal. And what a bond he brought together. He lit five candles um, yeah. for various reasons, um, including the fourth was for those who fought the great battle against the pandemic, and the fifth was for the people of Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, one other thing I found in the Sunday Times had in common with the Sunday Independent, it wasn't a story at all, it's kind of more of a pro- promotional thing, but they're both doing 100 best restaurants. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you can literally dine Today's out. Today's programme has been brought to you by... <laughs> <laughs> 100 of the best okay. restaurants in Ireland so the best thing to do there is just have a look around see if there's anything in Cork you can go and visit and keep it at home We're anyway spoiled. in the other stories on the front pages of the Sunday papers Sunday Times runs with the Zelensky story where he says he didn't mean to rebuke Irish neutrality and that he would explain that further on during the week uh, two other stories caught my eye as well uh, dissident links led to expulsion John Mooney writes that the decision to expel four Russian diplomats was taken in response to increased espionage by the Kremlin, including efforts to cultivate contacts with dissident Republicans and loyalist paramilitaries and efforts to undermine confidence in the European Union. The other one is guilty consciences raise 100k. Colin Coyle tells us that revenue has received almost 100,000 euro in conscience money, that's in inverted commas, from anonymous taxpayers over the past three years, including one unsigned bank draft for 26,100 euro posted to the Collector General in May 2019. The phenomenon is believed to have prompted, been prompted by guilt amongst errant taxpayers. A note was attached to the May 2019 draft labelling it as conscience money revenue said last week. Interesting story there. Um, on to the I Sunday, know what to do with that story. I don't know. I'll just move on to the Sunday Independent. Um, and look, we're all going to find things getting a bit tighter according to the main story there as there is alarm over Inspiring spiralling prices as living costs start to bite. The Business Post leads with a similar story which is taxpayers taxpayers facing taxpayers pacing uh, 13 billion euro of a black hole by 2030 officials are warning. So it's it's the same story, a different twist, more of a a longer term view taken by the Business Post. And also uh, Eamon Ryan is aiming to dent popularity of energy-guzzling SUVs by increasing VRT. And they're the main stories there on the Business Post. I'm going to finish with the Sunday Independent. Uh, Brendan O'Connor writes his own 2022 census time capsule. So it's his story for those in 100 years' time. So have a peek at that if you want.
Speaking of time and trying to think of music with time in the title, um, I know if I could save time in a bottle and all of those things would kind of pop up. But when I just did a quick search for songs with the word time in their title in uh, our library this morning, uh, this one came up. So great to play two Cork singers, Johnny Fang and Chris O'Hearn. This is taken from their album Apollonia and in honour of our time capsule tonight, this is called Time Stood Still. Things they seem to 
You're still in the picture every day in our love Always with a smile When these memories come calling Every man is still a child Time stood still Johnny Fang and Chris O'Hearn there from their album Apollonia. Now, the interesting thing about my next chat is there's a small little village that had, or a small town, that had a major influence on art in Ireland as far as, like, even the Book of Kells and all that. And that's what we learn. And the pronunciation of the name, Tom Spaulding, is not too sure if his <laughs> Danish is, is perfect, but you'll hear that pronounced throughout the interview and that's got, that's the kind of an area that was specialised by the guest speaker in this month's uh, lecture which will be delivered for the Cork the DAF the Decorative and Fine Arts Society that meet once a month in Nanonagel Place so Tom chats with me every month about what kind of chat are they going to have every month and this month of course is completely different from the one they had last month and it's always something interesting and unusual so that's what we spoke about this week things to do with the Danes and the Vikings and medieval Ireland and the influences that they had the good influence that they had on both our art, our civilization, and even our towns and villages Tom, what are we looking forward to this Saturday? What have you got lined up? Because it's always something different it is, it is. I mean, we, we've covered quite a lot of territory this year. We've had Francis Bacon, yeah. we've had photography, we've had fine art. Last month we had stone carving in Kilkenny. <laughs> and this week we have Viking and Norwegian art. So it's something completely different. And oh. there is obviously going to be an Irish link to this because we always try and work that in. Yes, yeah. um, but our speaker is, is, a, is a chap called Dr. Griffin Murray, who produced a book in 2015 on the Cross of Kong, which sold very well. And he's a specialist, really, on on medieval Irish art, especially woodwork and fine metalwork as well. Wow. That's an amazing time in our history because so much of it has still survived to this day visually because of its interest. It still survives in many different forms. In fact, he kind of specialised in, in looking across the different surviving artefacts. And obviously he's going to be talking about the Cross of Kong. Mm. But I suppose the Vikings are something that are eternally intriguing to us. And ever since Hollywood popped a double-horned helmet on a Viking and in- invented that whole myth, you know, <laughs> it's been an element of popular culture. You know, they're still making Viking TV programmes up in Wicklow. Yes. You know, it's something that's eternally fascinating. And that idea of, of, of craftsmanship and talent alongside the bad sides of, of, of their image, just something that's very attractive and very interesting. So what kind of pillaging and plundering will you be doing on Saturday morning? So, <laughs> Well, hope, hopefully we, we'll leave Nanonagel Place in, in, the, in the condition that we find it. Um, <laughs> there won't be any chairs thrown through windows or, or coffee cups spilt everywhere. But we're, we're looking forward to a very interesting talk because any of your listeners who, who, were, who did art history in school or, or know a little bit about um, the, the, um, the history of medieval Irish art mm. will know that despite the bad rep that the Vikings often get, they contributed hugely to this country. I think 
You know, almost every Irish city of significance was, was founded by them. Things like our words, pingin for, for penny and margid for market, come from oh. the Viking words for, for money and market. So they, they introduced the idea of a cash economy and, and trading on that kind of way to Ireland. And Ireland would be a very poor, much poorer place if it, if it hadn't been for them. And the Ringerike style and the Una's style and, and how these styles of, of metalwork and woodwork yeah. that the Vikings had developed, that kind of twisting, turning, convoluted animals, biting their own tails and all of that stuff, that style came from Scandinavia and, and really strongly influenced, influenced things like the way that the medieval Irish worked with gold. So if you think of the Cross of Kong, obviously, but also yeah. the Tower Brooch or even the filigree on the on the Ardar Chalice, you see that kind of intersection of, of animals and you think about um, the Book of Kells and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, as I say, I mean, the, the popular images of the two horned helmet and the, the flashing and burning, but, uh, um, you know, taken in the whole, you know, I think you'd have to say the Vikings actually were probably doing us a favour in, in, in the long historical terms anyway. Well, when you consider that the Book of Kells is possibly the number one attraction in Ireland. <laughs> indeed, yeah. It's just such a rich yeah. visual culture. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Dr. Murray, in particular, is going to be talking about the Urnes style. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's U-R-N-E-S. I'm yeah. sure one yes. of your Norwegian listeners will be able to yeah. ring in and correct us. Uh, but Urnes is, is a place deep at the foot of a very long fjord on the west coast of Norway. And at the end of this fjord, there is an amazing wooden church that was built in the 11th and 12th century and still stands largely unaltered to this day. And it has the most exquisite wood carvings and the highest quality of work on it. And Murray's thesis is that the style developed in in this area directly influenced the way that Irish craftsmen were working a century or so later. But as well as taking this style from the west of Norway, they were mixing it with native styles, Celtic design, and also with slightly earlier styles, like the, like the Book of Kells we, we mentioned a second ago. So he's got this idea that there was this kind of synthesis of these beautiful forms, and this beautiful art to create something astonishing that we're so lucky that we still have, we can still see in the National Museum and other places yeah. today. This is the second last talk of the Decorative and Fine Arts Society. That's correct, yeah. We, we usually take a break from, from, from public talks over the, over the summer and we come back then with a free lecture in September, usually held in the Central Library on the Grand Parade uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that at the back end of the summer. So the free lecture open to, to everybody who wants to come. We always pick something very uh, popular and topical so I'll keep you informed about that then. Next week's talk starts at 11.30, but any visitors will need to be there at 11 a.m. just to sign in, okay. pay the admission charge, then we'll go on from there. And I'm looking forward to a really excellent talk by Dr. Murray. Listen, if what you've just given us this morning is any taste at all of what people can learn, I've learned something this morning just by talking to you. There's a lot more to be learned and it's pleasant. Nanonagel Place itself is a very nice place to go to. There's a lot of other things you get up to as well while you're there as well. If you want to have a look around the Goldie Chapel or even yes, go indeed, for a bite yeah. to eat or even have a look at the various exhibitions that can be found on site, just go to Nanonagel Place next Saturday morning around 11 or half 11, depending on your membership. 
and enjoy. And thanks for the open invitation to everybody who's been listening in. It's great that everyone can go on just a simple voyage of discovery through time and history. And you know what? It's great to see things like that being kept alive and vibrant. So sounds like good fun. Tom, as ever, entertaining, thoughtful and educational. Thank you again, Tom. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, Connor, take care. See you again next month. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. I'm gonna bargain with the old coupot. Try to get more than what that woman got. Don't trim no fat, no potatoes from a box. Mama gonna bargain with the old coupot. Mama gonna bargain with the old coupot. Mama gonna bargain with the old coupot. Mama gonna water that gravy down. Try to make enough to go around with five mouths to feed the papa in the ground. Mama gonna water that gravy down. bits and pieces from the Henry Girls. I think December Moon is my favourite album of theirs and that's taken from it. It's the old cookpot. Playing that especially for Carmen Miller. Um, Claire, our Claire McLaughlin was telling us earlier on this morning that she won gold representing Scene on Scene at the Ability Cooking Awards in Belfast during the week. So delighted for you and I wonder what's in the cookpot for the rest of the week. Well, Ganairi Lath. Now, go Clore Erin Gaedin er Tiji Cahar Evek An Simuil Er Fad. In Erin is Fadeline Kind 
Mint gan stad fwyn aimsir fiw yn ei, fi yn grin ei spalpen nhw ys nam ei doain, ac ys nam ei dela syrfysiau stalabosti. Wel, ni hen una na gwyl mi tog ag mŵr leis yn aimsir, ac ys y lahwyr treis yn ei er yn gedyn, sy'n yn clawr y tog eistigwm na boistoch. Sy trasio caffer suil er chwyddyn fysdeir y fwynyn le ffein man cwtiantyn na boisdi, agos y hiel clawr, ywyd ymach fwyn oliacht y fwynyn leis na breint na boisdi y mi mynd y bra arhw. Dwi'n cynsion mae cydig cwrt er ulfyn na harsha marmer y gundau fermana, oed y wel ffecoel ffos er lorg na mreint na boisdi a hyd na milta blian o hyn, agos bwlyn se le ffarach yn un suil er foisach blian tŵl na tira. An sin, in eintas na eremiachti arabica <laughs> that's the first time gwil she shin ashtohen gwilgegom later the hion undua achurin shidar hufein boishtach achrochu so over in that part of the world where they actually are trying to create rain beg she shin an simui lads shin eringedin eg lahur thereishinle er tiji kar agus in shin mata insomnia art well fan suas gudi lahur thereishinheindiag fekim klar ella an shin sna listings lahig an deal inti Shin scale Mary Butters vi coil irhi imaska pobel Marielgar klacht she driacht nanina irig uhi bo a hera o diracht agus nerv she vadni shin gavor trur boss tobin an as lucht vian nu timpeste nu anarna deant trosse well vi deritacht lishna gerla no ti son the orup fin trosha agus rina an aglish agus an uishkma biog is few dolus um Os na dwrha ystwch e, nam yna, y dyn o fy mach nach rhyf awn, nach pysioga, agos pysioga sy'n ffoedach e, ach cred na ddyna gyloedr, sna pysioga sy'n gyffoel. So sy'n an dîl inti, eid lahwyr treis e hendiog. Really, really two fascinating, fascinating programs coming up. You know what else is fascinating that's coming up after nine is our chat about the screen legend that was Doris Day. And we're going to have Linda Kenny and Alf McCarthy live in studio chatting to us about her music and her stories. And do you know what? I would love you guys to text or WhatsApp me your favourite Doris Day movies or your favourite Doris Day songs if you have them. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was your mum or your grandmother. Maybe it's you have a special memory yourself. Uh, the text or WhatsApp, as always, is 83 Always great to hear from you guys. And... Uh, make some suggestions there now. You never know what we might find after nine o'clock. Can 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Arts House on Quartz 96FM and C103. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, what will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. What will be, will be When I grew up and fell in love I asked my sweetheart what lies ahead Will we have rainbows day after day Here's what my sweetheart said Que sera, sera Sera, sera, what will be, 
will be Now I have children of my own They ask their mother, what will I be? Will I be handsome? Will I be rich? I tell them tenderly Well, I put out the call just before the news at nine to say, what would be one of your favourite Doris Day songs? And one of the first texts came in to say, Hi, Elmer and Connor. Kesarasara, I still sing it to my grandkids. Love the programme. Well, it's great to hear from you. And yes, indeed, I think if you said straight to me to name a Doris Day song, Kesarasara is bound to be one of the very first ones that comes up. And I am thrilled to welcome live into studio Linda Kenny and Alf McCarthy. Good morning. Of the Everyman Sunday Songbook team. For a very, very special tribute to Doris Day on today, her birthday. I know. Yeah, uh, so much so that uh, Linda is dressed as Doris Day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dressed as Rock Hudson. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I, such movies as... I don't have a, a mic on you there, Alf. Well, I do have a mic, but I don't have mic pickup on, on you. So oh, right, okay. give me give me just one second. Why don't you the two of you squeeze in there together? Oh, squeeze where, where in were we? There. Anyway, where she's, were we? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. dressed as Doris Day and I'm dressed as Rock Hudson. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my sister had a crush on Rock Hudson. Boy, did she get the wrong number there. Because <laughs> she used to drag me to the Rock Hudson movies, you know. Oh. But yeah, Doris Day and Rock Hudson were such a fantastic pairing, to they be were. fair. You know, and they had so... They, well, how many movies did they do together? Was it uh, three? three? Yeah, yeah, three. But, but they became lifelong friends. Yeah. And I think um, that pairing, you know, they had kind of the sizzling on-screen romance, didn't they? And I suppose everyone thought they were definitely a couple outside <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah. The, of the screen time. And like he was so handsome and she was so gorgeous. Yeah. Like it, it was Hollywood, you know, perfect for Hollywood. You and know, it was the beginning of the, well, I suppose that um, on-screen relationship was the moment that she transitioned from that, you know, beautiful girl next door, sunny disposition, positivity, you know, almost pastel pink to sizzling on-screen, really. Yeah. Which was a big change. Huge change. Big change, yeah. Because, let, let's go back to the start, though. I mean, like, when you bring a, a celebration of any particular star to the Everman Sunday Songbook. I know you always say, Linda, that Cotton McCabe, the director, has this incredible research done into Absolutely. all of these screen icons and these music. I think he got her on Wikipedia, to be quite <laughs> honest. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, but what you do is, as a team, you then bring the life story and the whole body of work of that person into one show. So when people come along, they have all of the music of that era, they have the music that that star is famous for, and the whole back catalogue and and story behind that person. And Doris Day's story began as a teenager, didn't Mm. it? Mm. Well, well, Doris, I mean, obviously Doris is known as a singer and an actress, but Doris actually dreamed of becoming a professional dancer. And when she was young, she and her dance partner won this big competition and um, the prize was $500 and a trip to Hollywood. And her mother was a very ambitious mother and felt, yes, Doris had this um, 
potential to be a huge star. So after when they went to Hollywood, she used the five hundred dollars to get them lessons in this very prestigious dance school that would have been frequented by people like Gene Kelly, Sid Therese, you know. Wow. And uh, she was bitten by the bug, and the mother said, "You know what? We're going to move to Hollywood. This is where you need to be." They packed up lock, stock, and barrel, and on Friday the thirteenth of October, uh, her neighbours threw a big party for them. And on the way home from the party, their car stalled on a railway crossing, and they were mowed down by a train. Can you believe that? Yeah, and so, then therefore she was in a wheelchair then for the next six months, and her dreams of becoming a dancer were shattered. My God! But as that dream ended, I suppose the tra- other dream began. Sorry, you know? just just to go back, just to go back. Their car stalled yeah, on a level yeah, crossing. Yeah. And she was hit by a train. Absolutely. Yeah. Dear God Almighty. Yeah. You yeah. know. Absolutely. When you think, because, like, let's, today is her 100th anniversary, if yeah. you like. So, 1922 is when she was born. Mm-hmm. We're talking, like, mid 30s. Mm. Yeah. She yeah. was a teenager at the time. Yeah. yeah. To be having a Hollywood dream right then, yeah. just at the very start when, you know, movies were taken off, color was just coming in but on screen. But if you also remember that time, I mean, it was the, the time of Fred Astaire. So yeah. uh, musicals were huge yes. in Hollywood at that time. But, so I, like, but I, don't, I don't think she even had an ambition to be a singer and a dancer. She was really just a dancer, right? Mm, like, my so as, uh, as she was sitting, vegetating, for want of a better word, like looking out the window uh, in her wheelchair, thinking, oh my God, my dreams are crushed. She was singing along to the likes of Ella. And it was her mother who said, you know something? You actually have a good voice. And I think it was her mother drove that ambition, didn't she? Ella Fitzgerald. What an inspiration. Yeah. Well, Ella and and um, Sinatra and uh, Bing Crosby, you know, these voices that were there. The crooners, you know, the crooners. And, yes. and she started singing along with them. Um, you know, some people kind of say, okay, she had um, a Hollywood mother, you know, the, the mom that would push her. But when you compare her mother with Judy Garland's mother, I mean, she was a witch. She was a wicked witch. Of the, she really was. She destroyed that girl. Whereas uh, Doris's mother was more caring and protective of her as happened throughout her life. You yeah. Know? I mean, she brought her in the wheelchair. I think she gave her a dream. She gave her back her dream. Um, she brought her for dance or singing lessons. And then, you know... Doris got an audition with a dance band and like like all the great singers at that time she crossed mm. America multiple times singing with dance bands and kind of honing her craft did the radio broadcasts and and then managed to transition into the movies yeah yeah what was uh, the first break do you know that she had where was where, where how did that happen you mean in the movies or yeah. well she learned her craft I suppose as Linda was saying there with the bands like Dance bands were huge uh, at that time. She, the first gig was with Barney Rapp, where she met her first husband. Uh, that's another story. Um, and then from Barney Rapp, then she was seen by Les Brown, who was huge. Les Brown and his band of renown, and he gave her some of her greatest hits. And she learned, she learned the craft of being a performer and being a great singer. And then along the line, along the way, somebody said, you know, wouldn't she be good in movies? Because she looked gorgeous. Because she had that beautiful look, didn't girl, she? You know? Gorgeous. And, well, uh, yeah, stunning, stunning blonde. Like you said, the girl next door, mm. yeah. uh, pink and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, wholesome, I think, is how she was really mm-hmm. yeah. marketed. Uh, today, but, uh, Linda is modelling the Doris Day look um, for your listeners at home who have colour on the radios. Uh, the uh, Cerise pink. is yeah, the colour shocking, shocking pink. That's shocking what it is. Um, yeah, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and she said, you know, when I think about Doris, she makes me smile. 
And she said, I'm even smiling now just thinking about her. And the other thing uh, someone else said to me was, when I think of Doris, I remember sitting watching the movies with my dad. And, and I think that's, you know, in a way it's ironic that what we remember is this girl next door because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Doris was out of the limelight longer than she was in the limelight. Mm-hmm. But, but, but her, legacy endures to this day there's such love Mm. ironically we were doing a Doris Day show three years ago when she died and we were in the National Concert Hall days after she she passed away and the outpouring of love and and the amount of people who rang me personally like like almost sympathising as if it was a family member and it was wasn't it such a bizarre and and also we could have changed the when we were in the National Concert Hall that day because she had just died a few days earlier uh, we went off script. So I came out first before the show started. And just to say, Doris Day has passed away. And you could feel, you yeah, could feel the, the, the emotion in the room, you know, the John Field Room in the, the National Concert Hall. Lovely venue, you know. But, you know, we thoroughly enjoyed the concerts, you know. It was yeah, kind of so I suppose, <clears throat> you know, Doris's, case Sarasara, you just talk about that. I mean, what would be, will be, was there ever more an appropriate refrain for the last two years. I feel she is the perfect antidote yeah. to the last two years. And also this time of the year, uh, I was just looking, you know, popping up on Facebook, your memories come back to haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did the Doris Day show before, yeah. as you know. I heard you playing Liza earlier and uh-huh. Judy, so I'm just getting in the mood. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. Anyway, any, anywho, uh, Easter time, guaranteed Calamity Jane will pop up on the telly. Listen, I'm just after clicking on a Calamity Jane track because you were saying there someone was talking to you about sitting down and watching those big movies, you know, with with her dad. That's one of the things I remember. Not necessarily watching them with dad, but kind of they were the the matinees and oh the yes, movies. Sunday yeah. afternoons, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it was a family thing. You'd sit down and you're watching Calamity Jane was yeah. just what a movie. It was um, a great film because it had everything. It had well, it had her. Because she was so gorgeous, Howard Keel was so handsome. You had the love interest, you know, and going the on. sassy and great songs yeah. and her comedic great performance timing. and comedic timing. That was one of her innate characteristics. Was that? Yeah, she was a very funny lady, very sharp yeah. comedic timing. Yeah. You know, in fact, speaking of which, here is one of their tracks. This is um, "I Can Do Without You." Oh, oh. in the summer you're the winter, in the finger you're the splinter, in the banquet you're the stew. Say. I could do without you. In the garden, you're the gopher. In the Levi's, you're the loafer. Like an overturned canoe. Well, I can do without you. You can go to Philadelphia, take a hack to hack and sack. Hey, I'll never ring a bell for ya or yell for ya to come back. In the question, you're the why. In the ointment, you're the fly. Though I know some things are indispensable, like a buck or two. If there's one thing I can do without, I can do without you. In the barrel, you're a pickle. In the gold mine, you're a nickel. You're the tack inside my shoe. I can do without you. In my bosom. You're a dagger, you're a mangy carpet bagger. In the theater, you're the boo. I can do without you. You got charms, they ain't bewitching me. You've a face no one would think. I got the darnest itch of me to be wherever you ain't. In the bullfrog, you're the crow. In the forest, poison oak. Though I know some things are necessary, my half pint buckaroo. 
If there's one thing I can do without, I can do without. You're not him. You're a faker. You're a bonehead. Troublemaker. I can do without you. <laughs> actually, actually, while we were um, chatting there, the two of you were messing away while that track was on. Messing? How dare yeah. you? Messing. <laughs> Ultra professional. It's called method, dear. It's <laughs> messy. I don't know that Alf ever stops messing, but while, <laughs> while you were also on, I also um, made a quick phone call to Maria Mangan, who has joined us on the line this morning. Good morning, Maria. Hello, good morning, everybody. That was, good. That's a song you don't hear very long on the very, very often on the airwaves. It is a song you don't hear very often on the airwaves, that's for sure, but it's one I imagine you're super familiar with, because, of yes. course, you are a member of the Doris Day fan club. Yes. Now, this is something Linda was telling me about, and I had never heard, I suppose. Well, I suppose, yes, you'd hear of fan clubs for various stars, but I didn't realise that the Doris Day fan club was such an active, global phenomenon. Oh, yes, there's about, there's quite a few thousand, 25,000 or more members on it. Uh, the one that I'm on, anyway, I'm sure there's probably lots of other um, fan clubs, but I'm on the Facebook fan club, and I discovered it some years ago as a grown-up adult, and... Uh, <laughs> I uh, joined it and um, yeah, it, there's loads of posts every day and lots of people who were close to Doris, actual people who knew Doris, telling their stories about meeting her and, and hanging out with her and stuff like that. So it's still active. There's plenty of people out there who still love her. They really, really are. Now, I know you're in North Cork, but you're part mm-hmm. of this global uh, fan club. Are you familiar with any other fans that are kind of around the county? I don't, no, no, because obviously there's you know, people's locations don't come up when you see them. So I think I feel a little bit out on my own down here. I know when I mentioned her in work uh, many years ago, there was a there was a people around me would have went who Doris Day because there's a lot of young women, younger women that I work with. So, but when you think back to why you first, I suppose, became interested in Doris or absolutely fell in love with her, is it as a child watching movies as well on yeah. telly? What happened? It would have been, yeah, yeah. Like you, were, you mentioned a few, Linda mentioned a few. Uh, memories people said it reminds me of watching movies with my dad for me it reminds Doris reminds me of those days when I was very small like seven or eight in the 80s growing up in the the sticks and on a Sunday afternoon um, my mum would be in the kitchen making the dinner and my dad's off doing a DIY job and my brother would be out playing football probably somewhere and I was there by myself in my own world watching the TV sitting on just in front of the fireplace for some strange reason watching these old movies in RTE on a Sunday afternoon and uh, Calamity Jane of course if that came on it was an extra special day and I certainly had my dinner in front of the teddy that day Um, but uh, yeah I would have fell in love with her as a child and then rediscovered her as an adult because a lot of people only know her for Calamity Jane and the the rom-coms you mentioned there but of course as an adult or I just I would have watched a lot more of her movies and uh, a lot of people don't know that she was actually one of Hitchcock's blondes. He's famous for hiring these lovely, gorgeous blondes, and she's in a few brilliant thriller um, with Jimmy Stewart. She was also in other thrillers, like like with James Cagney and the like. You know, she's not just a light-hearted, um, a light-hearted actress who was in the rom-coms and the musicals. 
so true. But I, I also think you've painted a picture there, you know, that describes a, f- a familiar scene to so many people sitting down watching movies and, and watching them at home um, for the Sunday matinees. And even then, like when we were children, to us, they were still like we knew those movies yeah. were were older movies from, you know, our parents or grandparents time or whatever. But yeah, they had they still had a timeless appeal for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, my own children now are subject to those same movies. Um, I have two teenagers and they would watch those movies. And I have to say to them, you know, these aren't from when I was a kid. These are from even further ago. Like, you know, I'm not that old. <laughs> Listen, if people wanted to get involved with the Doris Day fan club, Maria, how, how do they go about it? Oh, I'm sure you could just do a search. on. Like I said, it's just the Facebook one that I'm involved in. Um, just do a search on Facebook and you'd find it like you could find any other um there's probably fan clubs for every different movie actor around and when they are online or is everybody sharing kind of clips from the movies or are there ever kind of events that happen around the world um not so much there's very little events actually um before she died there used to be a yearly thing on her birthday happy birthday today doris um on her birthday you get like live shots of people outside her house um, sing, singing happy birthday to her and she'd come to the balcony and wave at people and stuff wow. but um, nowadays there's no I haven't really seen anything like that events for a long time so when I saw Linda's event coming up and um, the great sing-along songbook I was jumping up and down for joy saying oh my god I actually have a chance to see people perform Doris Day songs and appreciate her and sit in a room with other people who love her, which is just going to, I'm so looking forward to it. And I'm sure when you've shared that on the uh, Doris Day fan club page, they're all insanely jealous of what's coming up for you, aren't yes, they? Yes, yeah. There was plenty <laughs> of people saying, oh no, it's in Ireland. Oh, I wish I could move to Ireland. Enjoy it and stuff like that. Well, <laughs> listen, Maria, it's just been such a pleasure for you to join the joined us on the program it's a pleasure for us rather <laughs> that you joined us in the program here uh, I'm really really grateful to you for that and uh, thank you so much well. <laughs> no bother thanks very much okay bye bye fantastic thank you so much indeed that's Maria Mangan uh, there a member of the Doris Day fan club I'm so grateful that she took the time to just pop in on the chat with us there because really really <clears> fascinating and I, I know this is just listening to her there with the response on the fan club pages that there's this event happening in Ireland. If he decided to take it on the road, you could go coast to coast in the but States. But you know, they're called Daniacs. Well, she said there, obviously, that people used to go to Doris Day's house and sing Happy Birthday and she'd come out and... I actually spoke with someone who did that. Really? She flew from Northern Ireland. It was her 60th birthday present to herself. Um, <clears throat> flew out to Carmel and they had, like every year, for example, this weekend, there's a there's a lot of um, activity. They're doing um, a screening of the pyjama game with Rock Hudson. Then there's um, a drinks reception at the Cypress in which was the hotel the pet friendly hotel that Doris owned and you know you could go with your favourite pooch your dog and the dog would be put up in luxury and you would be put up in luxury and the dogs can roam freely so they have events in there and she actually went and stayed in the Cypress Inn um, had a, an event with all fellow Daniacs from all over the world Australia Germany I mean amazing and then the following day they were all going to the Quail in 
Quail Lodge Golf Course um, to wish her happy birthday because this is where she now lived and the, the golf course would cordon off this part of the green and all the fans would go now there was only a selection of them she said she went her husband played a round of golf and she went you know kind of sidled into the, the fans you're talking about now people that would have been in the Doris Day show with her one guy Brian Nash who was her son on the show and they were all there hanging out and Doris came out onto the balcony it was Doris's 92nd birthday or so wow, she thought yeah. at the time but like sub Subsequently, Associated Press found her birth cert and realised she was two years older. So it was her 94th birthday. And they set up this phone system and everyone was able to speak to her. And this lady, Ruth, actually got in and got the phone and said, Hi, Doris, I'm actually from Northern Ireland and I absolutely love you. And Doris said, Oh, you came. And she started to cry. And Ruth said, oh my God, she got my letters. And she started to cry. And, you know, um, she said that moment will live with her forever. She's gone back. She was actually supposed to be there this weekend, but they um, they they, were, they couldn't travel in the end uh, due to COVID. But, um, yeah, like you can't even imagine how many people are there. And the, the passion and the, the, I suppose the celebrations that happen every single year. Mm. Incredible. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, it'll be more music from Doris and indeed some movie memories as well after this. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Oh, 
God, just a fantastic song. And in fact, a couple of people have requested that on the text line this morning. We are talking to Linda Kenny and Alf McCarthy live in studio about the Everman Sunday Songbook's upcoming celebration of the life of Doris Day. Uh, that's coming into the Everman. When? The end of this month? Yeah, the 24th of April and it's 7.30 as usual. So we can't, oh, no. <laughs> we can't wait to see everyone. <coughs> Honestly, it's so great to be back. Yeah. And the reason we're doing it today, of course, is today is her birthday. And that yeah. particular track, um, I'll always remember that one. I mean, like, obviously, you told her the golden daffodils and she's there in this field mm. of daffodils in Calamity Jane because uh, the previous ones, she'd been all, you know, Root just come in from the windy city <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all that kind of crack. And um, it was a, a fantastic Volfast of an image change for her. But... You know, right throughout the course of her own life, she hadn't any secret love, if you like. She had a lot of them. She was married multiple times. <laughs> she was yeah, she married four times. Yeah. <laughs> four times. Four times. The, yeah. the very first one was awful. I mean, it was <clears throat> a physically abusive one and um, her mother put a stop to that one. But um, uh, He was in the band. He was in the Barney Rap Band and he used to drop her home after gigs and uh, she's, you know, she wasn't initially kind of attracted to him, but then a friendship grew up and the mother didn't like this. Nobody liked this guy. And even Barry Rapp had pulled her aside and said, look, have you noticed this fella never smiles? Uh, but she was she was a teenager, she God's sake, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and number two. <clears throat> but she got pregnant. She was pregnant she, with him. Which yeah. she, had a ba- she, she, she had a baby with him. Which became Terry. Terry. Miss Terry. Miss Terry. <laughs> Terry the baby. Terry the baby. And then uh, the, the second husband she refers to, and she only kind of alludes to him because in her autobiography, and he, they were married for eight months. But this, the third husband, Marty, really was the love of her life. He, yeah. he was her best friend. He managed her affairs. He actually was the person who saw the potential in her, like, you know, to move from this innocent persona to this sultry, like, credible, really respected actress. actress. Yeah. He, and, and he, he that put That was around her, the time of Pillow Talk, wasn't it? The yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. The but then he put her in movies with people like Jimmy Stewart, yeah. Clark Gable, yeah. you know, the big stars. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, she worked with she, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock That's what Maria was saying, yes. She yeah. was one of his blondes. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So, like, she was a credible actress and people wanted to work with her because she was such a good actress. But, but it was he was the person who, who managed that. I mean, he orchestrated it. He got in, you know, stylists and he said, look, she's a beautiful woman. Like, people need to see her for more than just this innocence. And um, so, I mean, he made her a lot of money, but they were both Christian scientists. They didn't go to the doctor much and at all. And when he died, she was absolutely devastated. And it was a mysterious illness that took him. Um, And a couple of weeks after he died, her accountant brought her in and said, "Um, I just have bad news to tell you. All your money's gone. He and his business partner had embezzled all her money. I mean, we're talking millions if you go back. Like 22 to the, yeah. million more. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Back in the late 50s, early 60s, you know. Left with nothing. Yeah. Starts w- widowed and destitute, you yeah. know, in the blink of an eye. And he had also signed her on to a TV series call, which became the Doris Day show. And RT would have screened it back, in, right, back yeah. in the day. Um, and she didn't particularly want to do it, but she, she had no money, to. so she yeah. did it. And it became a great success. 
She won a Golden Globe actually yeah, for that. Yeah. Um, but she needed to do it because she needed to pay the bills. But like she didn't actually give up. She she sued the business partner and she actually was awarded the full 20, she actually got 23 million which was the biggest I think settlement. It was a landmark case. It was yeah. a landmark case. Now she yeah. didn't actually get the 23 million ultimately. It because, took years yeah, to settle. By the time it came around and settled she had to settle for, a, for a, Just, an amount of that. When you think of what she went through yeah. what she achieved and what she went through like winning a Golden Globe she was obviously also nominated for an Oscar. Two Oscars she has. She got, she got two, two Oscars. nominations? I think she has two Oscars. Did you? <laughs> you're, you're thinking of Oscar Levant. <laughs> okay. We said Oscar Levant said of her, you know, because of the kind of image she had on screen, you know, always the the kind of the, the the girl next door. His great quote was, "I knew Doris Day before she was a virgin." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a great quote. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like but so that was her image. She actually got a lifetime award from the Grammys as That's well. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, she. I mean, she has an unbelievable body of work and and a legacy that I suppose supersedes the image. When people think of Doris Day, they don't think of Oscars and Grammys and Golden Globes. They think of this eternal, optimistic, positive yeah. image, don't they? But she, when she was making the movie with Hitchcock, they were in Marrakesh filming, and she saw how animals were being treated, and that kind of sparked something in her. Because uh, her withdrawal from the movies really was a, a kind of a retirement that surprised people. Yeah, she went yeah. earlier, she went of her own accord. Yeah, um, yeah. At 49, yeah. would you believe? Wow, yeah. 49. Uh, and and there was Hollywood was still interested in mm, her. They huge. wanted her actually to be in the movie South Pacific, and wow. Mitzi Gaynor got it. She wow. said no. They wanted her to be in. She was up for the Graduate. That's right, Mrs. Robinson. And yeah. she stood back from that because she thought it was a bit lewd. <laughs> okay. And even up to was it like twenty fifteen? Clint Eastwood, who was a neighbor of hers in Carmel, uh, wanted her in the movie, and they were talking, and she declined. Is she just devoted? The, to, the, to the, the rest of her life, yeah, in fact, the greater yeah. part of her life, yeah. to animal welfare. Then wasn't that yes, it? her yeah. animal sanctuary? She, she that's and it made us so so happy. She adopted, I mean, dozens and dozens of animals, and yeah, and of course the hotel as well. You know, like that was just her big love, and she was quite content to do that. But it's interesting that so many people would make this pilgrimage almost to Carmel every yeah, year. Yeah. To, to just even spot her if they could on the streets. Yeah. Like she wasn't quite a recluse though, so she wasn't. She wasn't quite a recluse, but as she got older, I think as happened in in earlier years, as Linda was telling us there about when her money was embezzled from her, she fell into the hands of people who were minding her, inverted okay. commas, and controlled her entire estate. Uh, so much so that her was it her grandson couldn't access uh, you know, years later, did you know he was shunned? He was, wow! You can't see your granny, kind of thing. Well, they had that kind of mm, control. You know, genie, that's desperate. Mm. So, well, uh, you know, I, I suppose they were they were looking after her because I'm sure that there were a lot of people who would be predatory and want, you know. But you you wonder about motives. And, yeah, and, ah, yeah. Uh, not altruistic, I would have thought. Well, I don't look. They, they were they were they shared the same passion for the animal sanctuary. So. You know that we don't know. And and animals were yeah. <laughs> animals were just such a huge part of it. She made programs about animal welfare and care and that yeah. sort of thing as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And and she um, she also did some broadcasting on a Christian channel, 
Uh, and that didn't last long. I that, didn't know that. Yeah. See, I know all these things. You do. And, and that, you go back much further but than this me, though. <laughs> I go back to the mi- Middle Ages. In, fa- in fact, I remember the Vikings when they came here, and I, I remember their art, Connor. Um, yeah. But the other side of it as well, of so course. So far back it goes. The other side of it as well, of course, is that people can find out all of these th- details, the stories that are woven behind them, and more by coming along to the Everman yeah. Sunday Songbook at the end of April. And you know that the lovely thing about the Everman Sunday Songbook, for people who are familiar with it, uh, <laughs> this will not be a revelation, but for those who haven't been there, we actually pro- we project the lyrics. Uh, we, uh, we, we use a giant screen, so there's video projection and uh, um, and photos, but we project the lyrics and we encourage everyone to sing along with us. There is no fourth wall between us and the audience. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I always remember uh, Cahal McCabe, our, our director, was in the bar before a show once and I don't... I, was He's it? always in the bar before. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been the story of Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald or something. And this gentleman came in and Cahal said, are you here for Nelson Eddy and Jeanette MacDonald? And he said, this man said, who? <laughs> and, and he said like well like you're here for the show and he said oh I'm just here for the sing song and oh, I thought isn't that just lovely, yeah, fabulous yeah. That, that you know singing makes you happy and joyous exactly yeah I, I, I said to somebody it. recently um, the Doris Day show it's not a documentary we're doing mm-hmm. it's an entertainment yeah and that's what it's all about because we have great fun. We you know? have so much fun. We we really do. And we probably have too much fun. Really. <laughs> but 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 I think when you have fun on stage, I mean, we're all doing, we're all performing together for so long. The band, Yvonne backstage, like there's nine of us, and we're like a band of merry men, and we travel around the country together. And so we've got that lovely vibe, family vibe. So you know, when when people have that sense of confidence in what you do, and they see that you're having fun, it rubs off on the audience you know and it's been really hard I mean we've we have done a few live gigs but with people with masks you know and and it's very hard for the audience because you know you want to be able to sing out and it's very hard for us because that connection is through the face yeah. and smiling I think when you smile up at a, uh, an, a you know performer and we smile back that engagement Elevates it does, oh, it yeah. completely it enjoyment. We, we, we did a couple of virtual yeah. ones uh, uh-huh. around the Christmas time during COVID, and it didn't have the same feel. And the first show we had back, uh, the first time I, I looked at, I looked across at you because I got a lump in my throat when the audience started singing. It was like, and they took over the song. Yeah. We, you actually stopped singing on oh, stage. I was emotional too, and they carried it, and it was like. Wow, this, mm. this is special. Really and the thing is. about this show, though, is song after song after, after song, song after yeah, yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, impossible, I'd say, to kind of whittle them down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, her her um, her body of work is huge. And, 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 you know, even though you might say, oh, I only know Case Seras around Secret Love, then we start singing, you go, oh, my God, I know that. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. she, that was her song, you know. <laughs> and that's the lovely thing about those shows is that you realise, you know, they they recorded so many songs that you didn't realise were their songs, you know. Yeah. And um, and even if you don't know the words and you only kind of half know the tune, you'll still end up singing, you know. Completely. Listen, lads, for all of the movies she had, the multiple recordings and the, I suppose, generations of memories that people actually share. There's so many reasons why people should check out the Everman Sunday Songbook on the 24th of April. But also, I'm so delighted 
that the two of you called in on today, her birthday, despite the fact that she did shave two years off her own age when she was. I, I shaved two years off my age, too. so I'm I'm not retired. Why? Not? I'm available. Why not? Why not? Why not? Listen, thank you so much, Linda thank Kenny, you. Alf thank McCarthy, you for having us. Um, delighted that you came into studio. Wishing you all the best of luck with that, and indeed, whatever trips all around the country, this show will bring you on again. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. admit you love me and so how am I ever to know you always tell me perhaps 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 a million times I've asked you and then I ask you over again you only answer If you can't make your mind up, we'll never get started. And I don't want to wind up being parted, broken hearted. So if you really love me, say yes. But if you don't, dear, confess. And please don't tell me. Perhaps, perhaps Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps If you can't make your mind up We'll never But if you don't, dear, confess And please don't tell me Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps I feel the tide turning I face my body to the sea I'll read it like the yearning In your heart that's not for me Real isn't a feeling, baby Nearer than to thee Don't do that baby voice You ought to say it like a man I need to hear it, boy The way you tell it
Super stuff there at Mick Flannery and Susan O'Neill. And that is, of course, baby talk. Now, we really need to crack on with a couple of the other bits and pieces of listings and events that are happening right around the city and the county. And this week, all week, in fact, is the Cork Lifelong Learning Festival, which, as Connor was saying earlier on, gets underway tomorrow and runs until the 10th of April. Connor, would you be able to pick out one or two other bits and pieces that you can see on the programme there? Basically, yeah. yeah. On Wednesday in Blarney, there's a Club Kyolders meeting in the Blarney Castle Hotel at 7 o'clock and they're going to have what they call a slow session where people can come and try a few tunes and meet the tutors. And Club Kyolder and Nochnahini are having a session where you can try out instruments on Friday in the library from 3 to 5 and there are a few ukulele groups around the county hosting mini open air evenings and playing music, sorry, mini open evenings and playing music indoors I presume and there's a flute ensemble 30-minute recital tomorrow night in the foyer of the School of Music just after half past seven. Yeah, basically, right throughout the week, the entire festival is devoted to events showcasing the power of learning at every stage in our lives, whether childhood learners, media projects for teens, a whole host of activities and sample courses for active retired and everything from neuroscience to bike maintenance and everything in between. So best of luck to everybody involved in the festival. The website is simply CorkLearningFestival.com 
ie. Now, bravo to Cork Yarn Spinners, by the way, who raised over €1,600 in a storytelling marathon for Ukraine during the week. And if you enjoy a good yarn and you'd love to hear and pick up some new stories, why not check out Cork Yarn Spinners on Twitter? Join them in Crawford & Company on Anglesey Street. They meet on the first Thursday of every month. So that's this coming Thursday at 8. Now, before we go to the next festival, we did say there were a load of festivals this week. That was the Lifelong Learning Festival. We're going on to the Winter Festival in a second. But there's also a Japanese film festival taking place this week. So just check out the Gate Cinema and Triscoll Cinema, where six films are spread out over the week. Okay. Okay, well then, we were also saying the other festival that's on is the Ballincollig Winter Music Festival 2022. And to tell us all about it, we're joined live on the phone this morning by Joe Carey of the White Horse. Good morning to you, Joe. Good morning all. How are you, Elmarie and Connor? Delighted to be on your lovely show. Well, listen, we're delighted to have you because, of course, the Winter Music Festival ordinarily would have happened back at the end of January. It would, yeah, and I suppose we're, we're framing this one as a winter festival with the spring in its step. Um, <laughs> so, look, we, we were determined, I suppose, to put it on this year uh, because we just didn't want to miss another year, really. And um, we just felt, look, let's get it on uh, regardless of the season. Uh, the, the celebration and the core values of it still exist, which is to bring as many musicians together as possible in the community uh, and get them to all the corners of the community if possible. And, and I think we're, we're hopefully going to achieve that in, in the next few days. Well, my God almighty, you know, when you look at the uh, programme that you have lined up, it's a superb programme, starting on Thursday, running right the way through to next Sunday. Uh, we were laughing, Connor and myself were chatting, you know, the White Horse Guitar Club have become this huge phenomenon, which I presume, like you're one of the members as well as one of the hosts, I presume it just began initially with a group of uh, friends wanting to sit around and play a few tunes. Now, if there's even a sniff or an itch of a concert, it's booked out in jig time. So that one's already gone (laughs) on Thursday night. That one's already gone, yeah. It's it's our 10-year anniversary as well. So it's it's a special year for us. And and look, it was. It started as a little accident or a little chance meeting in in the upstairs venue 10 years ago. And uh, we've gone on to have uh, such fun and adventure with it. But uh, yeah, so we're we're kicking things off. We're we're proud, delighted to do so. But um, I suppose on the Friday night in particular, there's there's a very special show, which is the night after. And it's it's a dedication and a night for uh, Sheena Nepper. So who's going through some, some tough health struggles at the moment. Um, she's a wonderful teacher, musician uh, in her own right, mother, friend. Uh, and it's, it's really a, a chance for us all to rally around her. Um, so we've the Lee Valley String Band are coming in, Grits and Gravy, Brenda Butler, Sarah Corkery, Louis Butler, Tim Rogers. So basically the who's who of old-time music in the country are collecting under the roof on Friday evening and we're just going to have a, a bit of a hoot nanny and, and try and raise some money for, for Sheena just to give them a bit of comfort and support, you know. That sounds amazing. That's this coming Friday night at half past eight. Now on Saturday, I see there's some gorgeous events like uh, I Am A Little Boat with Fiona Kelleher. And if people have never taken their little ones along to live music or an interactive thing, cre- created and crafted especially for the smallest of audiences, then they really are missing a treat with Fiona. Are bookings um, still being taken for that one, do you know, Joe? There are, they are. There, there's, tickets are selling well, but there are tickets available and 
uh, probably the easiest place to go to is, is the whitehorse.e so it's www.whitehorse.e and all the tickets and links are there and the Ballancolic Winter Music Festival has a Facebook page but that, that particular event is really lovely it's, it's, uh, it's actually a joy to, to even witness to see the, the young folk um, sort of enjoying probably their first musical interaction uh, with the sort of expert hands of Fiona Kelleher um, a really gorgeous hour of music uh, and we love the fact that we're able to to bring the festival to all ages as well. So it's probably one of the more special events of the weekend as well. So yeah, we love it every year. Um, we, we've another gorgeous session in the the afternoon, a matinee performance um, featuring some of the, the country's best trad musicians, and they're going to to do interpretations of of composers like Ed Reavy and Finbar Dwyer. They're going to do uh, kind of uh, musical heritage explorations of Unreen and West Waterford and you know a really incredible chance again in an afternoon setting to to witness the likes of um, Derek Kiki on accordion, Athena Targus on fiddle, uh, Kivino Faril on Illum Pipes, Owen O'Canavon and Ulton O'Brien, recent winners of the RT Folk Album of the Year you know, so a, an amazing opportunity to, to kind of, again, in a pocket of the day that's not or, ordinarily occupied by music, it's going to give, uh, be a lovely chance. Yeah, to and then that, leading know. up to a big, big night then on the Saturday night with Steve Cooney and Cormac Begley. And then, because I'm conscious of the time, we have like 20 seconds to tell people that there's music literally all day from practically from noon again on Sunday. And uh, next Sunday, we'll remind people all about that because whether it's inside, outside or upstairs, the White Horse is hosting the most incredible festival next weekend. Uh, Joe, people can find out all the details again on the website. You said that is? It's whitehorse.ie and all the ticket links are there. So we have over 100 musicians coming. It's a great chance to celebrate. We need opportunities to celebrate in the context of what's going on these days, I think. So hopefully it'll be a lovely uh, small steps back towards yeah. that and back towards normality again. I'm delighted. Thank you so much for joining us live on the programme this morning. That's Joe Carey of the White Horse and the Balancholic Winter Music Festival with a spring in its step. And indeed, thank you to all our guests for joining us on the programme this morning. Also want to wish the cast of Sticks in the Cork Arts Theatre the very best of luck for their performances right throughout the week. Check it out on corkartstheatre.com. But until next Sunday, for myself and Connor and all our guests, Sloan. Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.